Yo, this is BJ Gador with the BJ Gador Podcast. I'm the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand. I'm also the author of Your Body is Your Barbell, the definitive guide to body weight training, and my brand new training manual, The Ultimate Push-Up Guide, available on Amazon as a Kindle or paperback. Now, today's episode, I'm breaking down for you the top 14 intermediate push-up variations to grow your chest, chisel your core, and build next-level upper body strength at home. Now, I originally discussed the nine best beginner push-up variations. Little episode callback here, episode 207. So if you want to reference that, and now I'm breaking down the next level. Now, the hallmark of my system, right? It's a five-level progression system to go from ground zero to superhero with your push-up training. I'm talking on the knees and level one, our mild category, to the advanced, world-class, elite levels, right? Plyo push-ups or Superman push-ups, handstand push-ups, and then the holy grail of push-up training, the single arm push-up in level five, or as we call it, Diablo, all right? So I'm going to take the time now to just talk about the intermediate options. Again, they apply to all fitness levels, in my opinion, because you're never beyond the basics, and I, I approach the levels of training in a body weight progression as just weights they also can be considered just weights you know light medium heavy you know each movement based on its level of difficulty can be applied for whatever the goal so you're never beyond these movements I use the the quote-unquote mild versions or level one versions for warm-ups the intermediate options are also staple in my training too no matter how fit or strong you get now the cool thing about the podcast about the book I've actually got the book in my hands feels amazing I love you know, again, I'm I'm 40, so I love, especially when it comes to fitness, and, you know, I, I try to make, I try to build this book like a, a picture book, you know, as little text as possible, straight to the point, you can read it in an hour, and just, it's always easy to reference, take it with you to the gym, it looks great on your shelf, or on your coffee table, but I wanted to kind of give you an author's cut in this episode, as I did in the beginner, where I just kind of talk about each movement, and I give you a little bit more than was on the page or what was in my, my mind in putting this together. So I think you'll enjoy it even if you don't have the book, but you got to get the book. We've got five-star reviews on it so far. People are really enjoying it. This is a, a book that's been you know, two-plus decades in the making. I started my push-up journey when I was 14 years old. I couldn't do a single push-up. And now at 40, I can do all the most advanced push-up options as shown in the book. So I wanted to share my experience and my expertise in the process so the level two category or medium in our little spice meter builds upon the rock solid foundation that we built in level one the beginner options and the key to building muscle with your body weight is progressive overload that's one of the biggest mistakes people make in body weight training is they think oh i'll just i want the push-up training's boring i just do the push-up well we've got the top 66 variations in this manual there's a lot more than meets the eye to push-up training when you dig deeper and you learn more about the movements all right it's not just about going heavier or lighter with load all right and the beauty of the push-up unlike the bench press is it actually engages your core it's it becomes full body in nature because you have to stabilize your spine while doing it you're not laying on your back and pressing a weight up or you don't need a spotter to execute the movement safely this is an anytime anywhere movement with no limitations especially when you use progression and these drills in the intermediate category 
increase the relative loading and intensity to break through plateaus and build more size and strength. But again, you got to have that rock solid foundation in the beginner option. So the 14 variations are floor and, and floor push up. I'm not going to say push up every time we do it. Floor, which is the regular push up, ISO at bottom, shrug, down dog, bear, dumbbell push up row, T push up, climber, sliding climber, transfers, fingers elevated, changing grip, staggered, and tapping. Now, if you are a member of the dailybj.com, which is my website app, features all of my personal workouts. We have two main programs there, the Express program, which is fast, fun, and effective. Full body workouts for busy parents and professionals. 20-minute routines. We use minimal equipment like body weight, bells, bands, med ball. And then my Gorilla Corn Gains track is a more advanced muscle building track. You got a little more time to train, 40 minutes versus 20. Uh, you know, you also need access to pull-up and dip bars. Just more advanced. It's kind of our graduation program from Express. And you get a free seven-day trial to Express at the dailybj.com. So if you are a longtime member of that program, you, re- you recognize some of these names. They become staples in our training as well. But again, you know, when you're training a movement, they don't doesn't need to be part of a full body workout. You know, it can just be a focus. It can be strength work you do before you move into a circuit. You know, I also am a huge advocate of EHO, my EHO system, which I created every hour on the hour, move at least for a minute to just get out of the sitting. I think sitting is considered like a carcinogen <laughs> to the body. I think I heard that somewhere. But anyway, it's not good. You want to break out of the, the seated position anytime you can. And especially when you're super busy, you know, as a lot of parents and professionals are, there's times where I just can't commit to an actual block of 20 minutes of training, but I can drip out one or two minutes hourly throughout the day and get in my workout just in a non-traditional format and actually not get as sore and uh, use it kind of to kind of energize me throughout the day. But, you know, why is the, you would think the floor push-up or traditional push-up hands on floor would be the beginner option, but it's not. It's a, it's really difficult. Like I said, when I was 14, overweight fat kid, I couldn't do a single push-up. And a lot of people that think they can do a traditional floor push-up, well, they're not doing it right. Their hips are sagging, their elbows are sprawling, they're not going all the way down. All right, so you got to respect the process. If you can't do it full range of motion with perfect form and technique with your body looking like a plank, right? Because the plank, you want to master the push, you got to master the plank first. And that's why we emphasize that so much of the beginner option. But it's typically too much for, for most new people, all right? But don't be discouraged about it. Again, I, I've been there. And you got to follow the progressions. And even if you're super advanced, like you never go beyond the floor push-up because again, from a a chest training standpoint, the floor push-up does target your mid-pecs more, whereas elevating your hands targets your lower pecs more, where elevating your feet targets your upper pecs more. So it becomes just kind of a staple in your training. Now, if you want to just train the push-up only on the floor, I'm I'm a big advocate with all body weight movements, but I like to do a mix of eccentric only reps, isometric holds, and assisted reps to master the movement. Now, you could break that down. Let's say you wanted to train the push-up three times a week, all right? You could do Monday could be, or day one could be your eccentric only day, meaning you're just going to 
lower, lower for three to five seconds from top to bottom, and you can cheat back up on the knees, or you can do as many slow eccentric reps as you can, full range of motion. When you fatigue, you can continue the set by going eccentric only, then cheating back up on the knees. So let's say you can only do three going down slow for three to five seconds and pushing all the way back up. You could do three plus more easy squeezing out just the eccentric phase of the exercise where you're strongest and you're capable of doing a lot more work. And what's great about that is three full range reps, three plus additional eccentric reps, and it'll just allow you to build your overall repetition total. It's it's great that way. And again, it drives muscle and strength gain in a serious way. You could then make day two, let's say Wednesday. It's good to have a day of rest between you know, really uh, intense work, especially when you're pushing closer to failure, isometric holds. So you can hold the bottom, which actually it's, it's coming up next, the next movement. You can hold the middle, you can hold the top, you can just work on, uh, you could start at the bottom, work your way up to the top uh, as you fatigue. So isometrics, what they do is they strengthen at the exact angle you're holding, the exact joint angle you're holding, plus 15 degrees above and below. So it's just a great way to add tension and stability and strength to sticking points. And again, it's not just the exact position you're holding. 15 degrees above and below gets strengthened as well. It's very easy on the joints too. And then day three or Friday could be assisted reps. And that could be like we talked about in the level one or beginner category, band assisted, mini band assisted. You know, uh, there's, there's options that way. But you could also, within a single workout, start with some eccentric rep or an eccentric set, then an isometric set, then an assisted set. It's a nice little flow. But you know, even within a single movement, there's so many options based on how you approach it with tempo, etc. So moving on to the second movement, push-up ISO at the bottom. Now, I talk about this all the time. I think it's it's important, and what I've tried to do in my career is I try to simplify the complex within fitness. And I've said this before many times, you know, you look at a movement, okay, what, what's going on there in the push-up? You're at the top of the push-up, you go to the bottom and back. So if you are able to master the starting and finishing positions, everything in between is child's play. It's not to mean that there aren't maybe in the middle of the exercise, um, a challenging portion of the exercise we can improve for sure. But if you can hold the bottom of a push-up, the most challenging shape, where your chest is hovering just above the floor, it gives you full ownership of the exercise. Full ownership. And it's being able to not only stay there, but again, maintain that plank. Try to corkscrew your hands into the floor. Feel you pulling your shoulder blades down and back. Getting that stretch in the chest, but also feeling not only that it's stretching, but you're actually pushing down into the floor to really activate those chest muscles completely and be able to breathe smooth, deep inhales into the belly, smooth, full exhales through the mouth while holding that position. Again, you start with maybe, let's say, five to 10 second holds. Now, you could break it down in a way of, okay, I'm going to do, let's say, a set of five to 10 reps, and I'm going to hold for each rep for five or 10 seconds at the bottom. And you can, by the way, you can build a progression where maybe uh, in week one, you only start with three second holds. Then you add either one or two seconds per hold in subsequent weeks to kind of have a progression into your training system. 
So, you know, you start with three to five second holds and then by four to six weeks later, you're up to eight to 10 seconds. And again, you don't even have to increase your repetitions. That's going to create a muscle building stimulus for the chest. That's an excellent uh, pause reps, whether it's upper body or lower body training. So good for building muscle and sparing your joints. So I love that, especially way to make lightweight feel heavy. And I also am a big fan, though, of extended holds, too. So whether you want to do just it's a single rep or a single set holding for not necessarily as long as you can, but a good goal on this is you want to build to uh, 60 plus seconds holding the bottom position. So I'd like to be able to hold that top position, arms fully extended, or as you would call it, plank on hands for two minutes. And you want to be able to hold the bottom of the push-up for one minute. Once you can do that, you've got the A and the B. Point A to point, going from A to B, right? You've got it locked in. Those are great standards. That means that your joints are ready for really, you know, progressive push-up training. You can really own the movement. And uh, especially if you can do it with calm and focus, with good breathing. Again, that's the benefit of isometrics. They do allow you to focus on your breath. And when you focus on your breath, you get that calm and focus, but you also get into a Zen flow state where time just passes. Like, uh, you know, the hardest part with a lot of ISO work, especially if you like are holding your breath or you're panicking, it seems like it takes forever. It's obviously a little bit boring too, if you don't have a way to kind of get into the zone. But if you're going to do a single set, you know, start with five or 10 second holds, or, or we talked about the using it with uh, just a rep progression and just adding pause at the bottom or just go one set there, multiple sets of just holding as long as you can. But, you know, again, you can start with five or 10 second holds at five seconds per week until you can do multiple sets of 60 plus seconds at the bottom. Such a good target for you. And again, you can apply this to the hands elevated push up too. Again, that's the beauty of this. When you learn more about the movement, you know, okay, um, or it could be a back off set. You know, you did a couple sets where uh, you did maybe early on, just you can only hold for five or 10 seconds at the bottom. And then, you know, you want to do a couple more sets where you elevate your hands as much as needed. And maybe then that allows you to do 30 plus seconds, maybe up to a minute, right? So in the same way, as you progress and go to feet elevated, where more of your load is involved in the exercise, that same thing can be applied. Maybe you create a workout for yourself down the road where I'm going to do three max isometric holds at the bottom of the push-up. I'm going to start with feet elevated, the hardest one first, then move to floor, then move to hands elevated. See what I'm saying? So again, like this is where when you take ownership of an exercise, all right, the options are endless. You know, if someone is always just spoon feeding you stuff and they're not teaching you why, how, you get real stuck in the process and you get kind of, it gets monotonous. And again, you don't really have, you don't have a buy-in to what you're doing when times are tough or you're unmotivated because the ebbs and flows of motivation are just natural. So uh, push-up ISO at bottom. And again, I would apply that same focus to a movement like a squat or a lunge. You got to be able to get comfortable in the bottom or stretch position of an exercise, be able to breathe through it, avoid too much shaking, right? Look like you're taking perfect pictures because if you can take those perfect pictures, isometrically adding movement, you'll lock that in. All right, then we got the push-up shrug. So this one, this one is so important, so important. And the best way to do it is on the forearms because, and what are we doing here? We are just moving exclusively through the scapula, okay? Mastering scapular or shoulder blades movement is the key to unlocking primal pressing power, building a big upper body, 
and staying injury-free. And that's why the push-up shrug is, in my opinion, one of the most important movements in your push-up training toolbox. Great for warm-ups. You're doing push-ups on your forearms. So what you're doing there is, because you're on the forearms, you can't move through the elbow. You have to move through the shoulders. And you're trying to completely round the upper back at the top of the exercise. That's pushing your shoulder blades as far away as possible. That's protraction. And that's sculpting your serratus anterior muscles alongside the ribs, also known as the puncher's muscle because it's very active when you punch because you're pushing away. And if you don't have an active, strong, mobile serratus, you're going to get shoulder pain with push-ups, with bench presses. So even if you don't want to do exclusive push-up training, you want to continue to chest press, bench press, this movement can be replicated with dumbbells, barbells. But you got to take this seriously because it's going to cause you pain. It affects your posture and it's going to limit your ability. Your body will not allow you to build maximum strength and size if you do not have an active serratus. Okay. And so I, again, I love five to 10 rep sets here, slow controlled reps, warm ups, active recovery, off days, EHO, like we talked about, focus on range of motion. Don't rush through it. Get all the way up and down. And I also like to bookend sets where like, let's say you did as many quality pushups as you could, and then you could transfer to the forearms and then burn out with pushup shrugs. So, or you could start with some shrugs, do some pushups, go back to some shrugs. Again, it's not the sexiest exercise, though it is working one of the sexiest muscles. Like aesthetically, when you've got that, that good development alongside the ribs, those Rocky Four muscles, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I feel like that's pretty sexy. But it's also sexy, in my opinion, to not have shoulder pain. The number of people out there with bench press shoulder, frozen shoulder. My, my high school football and weightlifting coach from all his years of, of bench pressing, and again, he didn't do shrugs. He didn't do serratus shrugs. It just, you know, it was they did the three lifts and some, some auxiliaries on machines. But he couldn't even lift his arm past shoulder level because he had it was frozen shoulder, bench press shoulder. So critical. And again, if you're doing one thing to take away, I guess, from this episode that can help with shoulder pain on your, your push-up or chest training, do some shrugs. Okay, do some push-up shrugs. And again, getting on the forearms, you can do these with your arms extended, but what happens is people tend to uh, move at the elbow because they're used to doing that and they're also weak or they don't have the proper neuromuscular connection to their scapula to to not move through the elbow. So I guess the progression on the push-up shrug is once you can do them on the forearms, you can try to then doing them on the hands and definitely film yourself so you, you can see that you're not moving at all through the elbow with the arms straight. But that's why, again, I like to go on the forearms. And again, you can modify by doing it on the knees instead of on the toes or the legs straight or even elevate your hands as needed. And uh, my, my little brother right now is, he's 28, 12 years younger than me. He has a, a desk job at a pharmaceutical company, works remotely at home a lot, and his posture is trash. So I, I actually have him working uh, push-up shrugs, but he's using... Uh, those high parallel bars, or as you would call the BERT equalizers that we recommend. And uh, he just has to be at a really high angle now to do them properly. And we'll even use the wall, you know, just to, to help get that contraction. So, uh, and you can pair this with like band pushaways, which you wrap a band around your trunk and you push away and mimic this movement at the, at the shoulders and kind of pair that with the body weight exercise, the shrug, the push-up shrug. So, um, again, a staple of 
quality upper body training period, but specifically the push-up. So uh, commit to it. And by the way, the book has visuals of all this. And uh, there is a YouTube video at youtube.com slash where you can see all 66 variations in action in just 10 minutes. Next movement, the down dog to push-up. Man, this is not only one of my favorite full-body mobility drills, you know, not just because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of dogs. We love dogs here. Boxes, boxers, boxer dogs, those are our favorites. We've had five of them so far in our, our history together, my wife and I. But it's just such a beautiful exercise. Anytime you can blend mobility, stability, and strength, especially for just longevity, it's a winner, right? And some people call it the yoga push-up. It's going to stretch your hips and shoulders, and it's great for regular push-up practice. You want to really focus on flattening the heels to the floor on the hinging portion, the hip hinging portion of the exercise, and maximally stretch the calves and the hamstrings. And then the beauty of it, too, is you can then, every time you come back to plank, you can hit a perfect push-up. So instead of doing, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with it, and we do it a lot, where you, you know, multiple string multiple reps of push-ups together. But what's also great, too, is just perfect push-up practice, one rep at a time. So you hit a perfect push-up, hinge back, stretch your hips and shoulders, come back to the push-up and just repeat that process. Or I'm also a big fan of doing, uh, this is actually one of the movements, and, and I believe it's the July... Is it July Express, a bodyweight workout we have coming up where it's a three-minute set and you do a down dog to push-up ladder. So you do one push-up rep, hinge your hips back, stretch the hips, come back, then you do two push-ups, go back to the stretch, then three. So you climb that as high as you can with good form and technique in the three-minute set. So it just, uh, and that, that's such a, it's actually like a bodybuilding protocol built into mobility practice. Genius! So, huge fan of that. And, you know, I, I love stringing together perfect single reps. And then, again, even though you're going back to that stretch, your shoulder muscles are still under tension. So, it's kind of an active recovery, but it's not a rest. So, it's extended time under tension, great for building muscle and fortifying the joints. Again, I like uh, five to 10 reps as kind of a, you know, or one to two minutes uh, in an EHO protocol throughout the day and like I said I, I do like it for extended periods of time like I talked about two to three plus minutes especially with like a push-up ladder so uh get that going and again start with the feet wide and the, and the I would say feet wider than shoulder width hands about shoulder width and again the progressions on that are endless you know we have some really cool down dog moves coming into the, the workout where you go you can go feet close and hands close that increases the range of motion in the stretch moving to one leg at a time to one arm at a time, and then the holy grail is one arm, one leg, and they're opposite, so it would be left arm, right leg. The stability demands are off the charts, and it's, it's great progressive push-up training too. So um, it's not just that movement. There's so much more you can do with that exercise and progress it, but it all starts with that four point of contact before you move into those stability progressions. All right, the bear push-up. This one's nice. I like this one because, you know, essentially... You're on the toes, but your legs are bent at 90 degrees and your knees are hovering above the ground. So just this position alone, the bare plank, it is one that, especially if you are a little bit weak in the middle, where the legs extended straight, you have a hard time not sagging the hips. 
This shortens the spinal lever or just the lever in terms of what load is coming through your spine, especially your lower back. So it's easier to stabilize and hold for time. It also works your quads more. And if you do push-ups from this position, because your knees will hit the floor at some point, it actually allows you to train the top part of the push-up. So if you can't do full-range push-ups, you can at least isolate the top half of the exercise, take advantage of the unloaded core stability demands to have a more accessible push-up than with your legs straight. But again, it smokes your shoulders and quads. You're going to get a little more anterior shoulder tricep on this variation. And you just go to the point where your knees kiss the floor and you come back up. Now, here's a pro tip on this one. You know, I, you, you know I'm a huge fan of uh, extended 5 to 10 minute starters or finishers uh, with a single move focus. Crawl in this. This is a crawl position. Now, you're holding it isometrically or doing dynamic reps. But you can then do opposite arm leg crawling from this position in multiple directions and then add push-ups on feel the bear push-up you rest pause for 10 to 20 seconds at a time you just come to the knees shake it out and you just keep going for time this is one of the most simple and deadly express anytime anywhere upper body workouts in the game so express for us isn't just like the program at the dailybj.com but it's also just like this mindset of you know short Fast, fun, and effective workouts. And again, I, I love the simplicity of this. Like sometimes five to 10 movements of a circuit that might be, you know, long, stressful day. I don't have the, the mental strength to kind of set up a circuit. I just, I want to focus on one thing and just get in the zone. And this is so good because, you know, right, they say you got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you run. The better you are at crawling, the better you will be at walking and running, but also squatting push-ups, full body fitness. It's such a foundational movement pattern and it's easy on the body. You can do it in small spaces and it really builds mental fortitude. You know, we're designed, the current homo sapien, the current level uh, or model of homo sapien, we're designed to be upright, but um, you get comfortable in a quadruped position, all fours, man, does it muscle you up. It muscles you up from head to toe. And it actually really helps improve your, your diaphragm, your breathing mechanics. Such a good exercise. Here's a, here's a bonus tip. You can hit as many quality push-ups as you can. And then with legs straight, then, then walk your feet so they're bent at 90 degrees in the bear position. Hit as many bear push-ups as you can and then crawl. Little one, two, three. Kind of a mechanical drop set or complex or stack. That's, that's fantastic. That's something you could do right now while you're listening to this episode to get a little energy going. But big fan of crawls. Next one. This Again, you can use equipment with push-up training. And one of my favorites is the dumbbell push-up row. So you get into a push-up position. And by the way, this can be done legs straight for more of a core stability challenge. Or you could do it from a bear position too. They're called bear rows. So the, the, these two variations kind of feed each other. You could also do as many push-up rows, legs straight, and then extend the set or do a minute each position with legs straight to the knees bent. But there's no better back, abs, and shoulders exercise than this bad boy. Start by doing just the alternating rows in the plank position, keeping the hips and shoulders square to the floor throughout the drill. Again, it's an anti-rotation exercise. We're, we're trying to vent those that turning and just stay as square as possible to the floor. 
you make it harder by doing a push-up after, well, adding the push-up. And first, what you can do is you do a row left, row right, then push-up. You make it harder by doing a push-up between every rep. So you do left arm row, push-up, then right arm row, push-up. So you're just increasing the push-up frequency to increase the challenge. Now, in terms of pro tip, do sets of 20 to 30 total reps or 10 to 15 reps per side with lighter weights for more stamina and endurance. Let's say that's with a pair of 25-pound dumbbells based on your strength level, okay? And then do sets of 8 to 12 total reps or 4 to 6 reps per side with heavier weights for more size and strength. And maybe that's with 50-pound dumbbells. But in general, you would want to double the weight of the dumbbells in that protocol. So again, you you heavy and light, or you could go heavy and back off to light in kind of a drop set format if you want to just make it just a complete chest, back, abs, shoulders workout. So love that one. It's just uh, it's such a staple in uh, what we've done over the years. Some call it the renegade row, um, but that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> like what? So you call it what you want, and uh, just a beautiful exercise, and uh, you know. You don't need heavy weights to do it. And, and, and one thing that makes it really challenging is not just pulling up and, and holding the top position with the arm bent to 90 degrees. You got to drive. Also, you got to focus push pull. The down arm has to actively push down into the ground, almost like it's doing a scap shrug. You know, push underground, activate the serratus, but um, it helps you get a better pull. The more, better the push pull effect, the more activation you get throughout the whole chain of the movement. But you could also add isometric holds at the top. You know, hold for two to five seconds in that top position isometrically. And that really intensifies the exercise with the same weight. On to the next one. You know this one, the T-push-up. So this, uh, basically, you get in a push-up position and from, the, from the hands. And then you move to the left side plank with the other arm reaching skyward. And you can rotate to the other side. So what that does, it trains your core in all three planes of motion. The rotational action also obliterates your obliques and lateral hip and trunk musculature. Novices can start with just the plank-only version, but you can then add the push-up after each rep. Or just like we talked about the push-up row, where you you rotate left, and you rotate right, then you come back and do a push-up. But you can also add a push-up after each rotation. So rotate left, come back to the middle, add a push-up, then rotate to the other side. And you can make it easier by elevating the hands. You can make it harder by elevating the feet. You can also... Do this with dumbbells. And if you have only a pair of 25-pound dumbbells, and let's say push-up rows get easy for you, well, because you do this with the arms more straight, right, that lengthens the lever. So now those 25s feel more challenging on the T-push-up than they would in the push-up row. You can also hit up some push-up rows. You fatigue, back off into, uh, I'm sorry, hit up some T-push-ups, fatigue, back off into some push-up rows. And that's a great little stack as well. So again, you can start to see how you can blend some of these movements together and create some unlimited uh, you know, upper body building options. Great starter or finisher for sets of two to three minutes. The T push-up is. You can also plug it into a full body circuit as a core or upper body exercise. I like it early in a workout because, again, it's going to open up the shoulders, activate the core, and just kind of ease you into more intense training. Definitely challenging with dumbbells. I mean, really challenging with dumbbells, especially as you have to come down and decelerate the weight. And you could do this where... You kind of pull it up the body and finish with the arm extended straight. That makes it a little bit easier. Now, you could make it super hard, but you might have to go lighter weight. 
by rotating with the arm completely straight the entire time. Meaning like you're just literally doing kind of a straight arm reverse fly as you open up and the elbow never bends. You know, that that obviously, again, longer lever that really will challenge you uh, from the posterior shoulder standpoint. So both options work. Just kind of depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, So just kind of consider that. But, you know, it's a staple. It really is. And uh, again, there's so many ways you can make it harder. It is a level two of five exercise, but if you do it feet elevated, it kind of becomes more of a, a level three, right? So there's, there is, there's macro progressions, meaning like major changes in terms of intensity from level one, two, three, four, and five. But within each level, there are micro progressions, right? Where you can make it easier by elevating the hands, harder by elevating the feet, etc. And then also within that too, the wider your feet are, the bigger your base of support. You can make your feet closer together. And now that T push-up on the floor is much more challenging to stabilize. So then we got push-up climbers. Now, this is great because it, it smokes your hip flexors, especially when you get that knee above uh, hip level, closer to your chest. You really get your psoas going. And so we're, we're the climbing action, we get more hip flexure, hip flexure, hip flexor and lower abs engagement. Great for core stability, great for gait training, walking and running performance. And you want to really, again, this is where that we talked about the serratus. It keeps coming into play. If you are doing this on the ground with your hands on the floor and you're not pushing your shoulder blades away from each other enough, you're not creating enough of a separation from the ground. And oftentimes uh, the feet will, will kind of scuff the floor when you're doing this and you can't get a consistent flow on the climbs. So you got to drive your hands underground, round the upper back, create space for your knees and feet to come through. And you can elevate your hands as much as needed to get it so it works for you. You know, Some people have longer legs. You know, Maybe your upper body is a little bit too weak to do it on the floor. But one thing I'll note too is it's not only kind of a, I guess you could say a regression or a way to make it easier by elevating the hands, but when you create a slight upward angle, now your hip flexors actually have some more gravitational resistance to work against. So it's, it's actually kind of, it could be a progression for your hip flexors. Maybe a regression for your shoulders, but a progression for your hip flexors. This is where the physical education component comes in. You got to know what you're doing. And I'm a big fan of uh, a couple ways, by the way, you can elevate. You could do it instead of the hands, you do them on the fists, making sure the floor is padded enough so it's comfortable. That'll extend the range of motion a little bit. But you can also use push-up bars. That's excellent for this exercise because that will allow you to get the extended range of motion on the push-up component. And then um, that slight gravitational load through the hip flexors more than it would if you were just flat on the floor. I love a 4-4 rhythmic breathing tempo on this. What that means is you would smoothly inhale for four leg exchanges then smoothly exhale for four leg exchanges like we do in a, a run in place. Or the way I actually I walk and run, I, I, I use this cadence where my breathing drives my locomotion or my cardio exercise, which again, and, and if I, I, I don't go too fast, like for I, the breathing dictate my speed of movement, which means that I'm never I never exhaust myself too soon. I, I can stay in motion longer because again I, I'm letting my breath drive the movements. And you could do five or ten of those breath cycles, or just go for time. Period. Like, and uh, one of my favorite options too. We have this coming up. Uh, like I actually, it's a future workout. I have, this one I have you doing hands on floor, but this is a future express exercise coming your way uh, 
where uh, it's a med ball push-up climber. So now close grip, much more challenging. You're stabilizing on the ball. And the breathing strategy for that is you inhale down in the push-up and then you exhale, exploding out of the push-up. And then you climb at the top for as long as you can until you fully dissipate the exhale, like all the air comes out. And then the moment that you've completed the exhale, you stop climbing, you go right back into an inhale down push-up, exhale back up. So there's so many ways in which you can get a great breathing workout here. And again, like I talked about in an excellent podcast, you have to check out the top 10 breathing tips. Anytime you are in a plank position, your abdominal muscles, your trunk muscles are secondary breathing muscles, but because they're stabilizing your body, it forces your diaphragm, it isolates your diaphragm. Your diaphragm has to do nearly all of the work, which is what we really want. It is your primary breathing muscle. That's the one you want shouldering the burden on, on, on breath. And so it actually just becomes an incredible breathing workout. Just it's, it's one of those awesome cardio core chest exercises. Really recommend it. So another option too is, you know, mix it up. You could do as many push-ups as you can quality, and then you climb for as long as you can after that. So you've, you've exhausted your, uh, your upper body muscles through uh, dynamic full range of motion repetitions, and then they continue to, to work uh, in an isometric position as you're adding dynamic movement through your, your legs and your hips. Love that combination. All right, we got sliding push-up climber. So this is a, a variation kind of on, you know, what we just talked about. You need... Uh, Ideally, a furniture or fitness slider or a sock or paper plate on a wooden floor. But the sliding action creates uh, friction resistance for a truly unique training effect. And you got to focus on not rounding your lower back. When I say, like, you know, move to the hips, not the back, what that means is there's this natural arc that should be in your lower back pretty much at all times. And we don't want to see you overly tuck the tailbone or what they call butt wink. Now, that can happen in a squat, and especially, that's fine, like body weight mobility, but under load, like you got weight in your back, bad news. But even in the push-up, we don't want to overly, like you can actually feel some stress in your lumbar spine if you, if you are overly tucking the tailbone. You want to make sure the movement is through the hip, and that your lower back, if you look from the side or took a photo, you can still see a slight arc in the, the lower back. It's not completely rounded, and, and your tailbone isn't tucked. And, and that's why you want to start doing this slowly. You can eventually add speed, but if you go fast on this, it's, it's, you can kind of yank that leg too far forward. And that's one of the mistakes in this movement is you don't want to pull the knee too, too forward where you get stuck and it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, bring the leg back to the starting position. And you, you do this one leg at a time, or you could actually put one foot on each of the slides and alternate legs each rep or just treat it, you know, one set on the left leg, rest, one set on the right leg, etc. I love sets of 10 to 15 reps, or you want to just go time sets, 60 to 90 seconds per side. Start slowly, gradually ramp up the speed, and you get such an epic mix of pump and burn. A great metabolic stress movement. Also great to plug in the full body circuit. Um, check out the recent podcast, too, on Build Your Own minimalist home gym. I have links to all the equipment I'm talking about, like the slides and anything else that we've kind of referenced, you know, aerobic steps or uh, parallel or push-up bars, those types of things. Full full links in the show notes on that episode, but also a great listen. Um, at the time recording this, that was a couple episodes ago. So check that one out. 
Oh, I love this one. Ooh, this one's good. Plank to push-up transfers. So you're, you're transferring from a push-up or plank on hands to a plank on the forearms. Targets the triceps, anterior shoulders, and abs. It's also unreal for improving spinal, elbow, and shoulder stability. Again, like we talked about with the push-up row, you got to keep the hips and shoulders as square to the ground as possible when you're doing it. And you can add a push-up at the top with the hands on the floor. You can also add a scap push-up at the bottom for extra juice. God, that's such a great exercise. And now you're seeing where these variations kind of, they can, they can blend into like super variations, right? In that case, I'm taking two different plank positions, moving between them, adding a push-up, adding a scap push-up. I could even add some climbs at the top of the push-up. See what I'm saying? So like, this is where you say body weight training is boring or push-ups are boring. No, no. You're just doing, either you have a shitty trainer or coach who doesn't know much about it, or you're just, you haven't dug deep enough. You have not dug deep enough. And that's what this push-up guide is designed to do, is help you dig deeper and really build the knowledge so that you'll never get bored with the push-up. You'll always make progress and you'll change your body from head to toe. Even though it is an upper body exercise, it's full body in nature. All right? Love this for uh, kind of a a tempo mix where you go 30 seconds slower than 30 seconds fast. That's one round. Rest a minute, repeat two to four times, and then you make it harder with a an escalating density or decreasing rest protocol. It means the same thing, by the way. Density means how much work you get per unit of time. So over time, just cut the rest five to 10 seconds at a time until, um, you know, if you get to the point where you're going 30 slow, 30 fast, then resting for 30, you know, instead of the minute you were doing prior, it makes the body weight feel like heavyweight. Great starter or finisher. And uh, also just an excellent, like I said, all these are great EHO drills. You could, you could get insane push-up strength and an insane chest, tricep, and core development without ever have, having to do like an actual like extended push-up workout. You would just work uh, hourly, just hit, hit one of these variations if you're, that's appropriate for your current fitness level for at least 30 to 60 seconds or up to one to two minutes or longer based on how much time you have. You have great, great results. Great results. It's just getting in the reps. It's getting in the perfect reps. It's just getting your body under tension. It doesn't have to be in the way that it's been traditionally put to you, which is it's got to be 20, 40, 60 minutes at a time. I mean, a lot of us just don't have that ability uh, during the weekdays in particular. Maybe on the weekend you got more time, but sometimes you just got to squeeze it in. All right, we're almost moving here. We got how many more here? We got about four left. So, oh, this one's been a game changer for me. This, this one is a newer one to my arsenal, but it's really, really helped uh, fortify my wrists, which becomes increasingly important if you want to move to the more advanced options like close grip or ultimately that, that true single arm progression, right? Because eventually what happens is you go from two arms to one arm. Now it's your entire body weight supporting a single wrist versus two. So your wrists are the limiting factor. They're the weak link in the chain when it comes to push-ups. When you elevate your fingers on slant boards, or either ideally a pair of slant boards like we recommend, so each arm is independent from each other, or like it could be a single slant board, but then you can't, you can't lower as far, and then it's just it's not my preference. But it, it accomplishes two main things. One, it extends the range of motion in the push-ups to make those pecs pop more. It also dramatically increases the stretch in the forearms. 
And the wrist mobility demands making the push-ups with the hands on the floor a piece of cake. So you do fingers elevated push-ups. I mean, you'll never, you get comfortable there. And again, it is, it should be mildly uncomfortable, right? Because we are putting more of a stretch through the wrist than normal. And the whole point of that is we're fortifying. We're, We're adding resiliency to the wrists. But being able to get more wrist extension allows you to load the larger shoulder joints more and the smaller elbow joints less. This is critical to longevity. So uh, it, it's just a big focus. And, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that happens with push-ups you see is when people lower. Um, ideally, you want to keep the forearms as vertical as possible just for taking some stress off the elbows. But when you can't move to the wrist as much, you end up kind of losing that position. And then you you, you have to kind of, you can't move to the shoulder. You got to move through the elbow more. And it, it can actually cause elbow pain so you know just pay attention to it it's important you know uh to really focus on the wrist and by the way you could you could start this by just mimicking this position where you elevate your fingers on the slant boards and then just come to the knees and modify with uh fingers elevated push-ups on the knees you could also put these slant boards on a aerobic separate box and do it hands elevated. You can also just get on the knees and just work on your wrist mobility. You know what I'm saying? So this can become just, uh, this could be EHO, this could be warm-ups. But I love five to 10 reps for warm-ups or active recovery on off days. And uh, your wrist will be super supple and stable in no time. This is such a great exercise. And we love those squat wedgies. So uh, definitely enjoy this variation. Make it, commit to it. It really... Uh, it really helps. Tr- changing grip push-up. Now, this one's excellent because, you know, you've got so many different grip options and they, and they each have a unique stimulus. So within the same level, right, on the floor, you can, ch- you can change it up. A closer grip, which is meaning hands closer than shoulder width apart, increases the range of motion and targets the triceps more. Where a wider grip, hands wider than shoulder width, Decreases the range of motion, but makes the chest work harder. So close grip, more tricep, but also more range of motion. And a little more stress to the elbow if you're not ready for it. Wider grip takes the arms out of it more, but tends to stress the shoulders more and you get get more pec activation. But you want to mix up the grips. And one thing you note as your grip widens, you're going to naturally have to kind of flare the fingers out as you would with your toes when you squat. But you don't want to go so wide, um, you know. And ultimately, I love, uh, this is one of my favorite, this is a pro tip. Do max reps close grip, then do max reps shoulder width, then finish with max reps wide grip. So three grips, this is what you call a mechanical drop set, where you start with the hardest grip and move to a stronger grip as you fatigue to extend the set. Another timeless bodyweight bodybuilding technique, but... And it's part of why, like, you'll still want to read the whole book, even if you're a beginner at level one, you can use changing grip on the level one movements, like push-ups on the knees, or eccentric only reps, or assisted reps with the band or mini band, or hands elevated. So again, you can that makes that's that's kind of the micro progression within macro level, right? So uh, use that mindset, and we actually in one of our express workouts, this is another cool thing I like to do is you know you can just you change your grip every rep. So hit a close grip rep, then then widen 
your hands out a little bit, do another rep, then widen them out again, do another rep. And uh, you can keep mixing that up, and uh, it's really good for shoulder and core stability. It allows you, because you're breaking up each rep, it allows you actually to stay in motion longer and just get a lot of time under tension. So lots of cool options there. Like so, Again, you can see the endless applications. Push-ups are awesome, man. So we got staggered push-up. This is another grip, by the way. And you could apply the stagger. And all, all we're doing here is the stagger grip. One hand is placed higher than the other. And this provides unique shoulder stability challenge. So it hits your pecs also from different angles. And you could switch the grip from set to set or rep to rep. There's even a, a plyometric variation if you want to spice this up. I guess when you have the plyo, that, that makes it kind of like a level three or level four exercise in a way. But basically, you kind of switch your hands midair. Kind of like, uh, it's kind of like split jumps for the lower body, but you, you, there's your, your, your hands aren't as separated as your feet are on that. But, you know, essentially, if you look at and you see in the photos of this, one hand is higher, but the other hand is lower. But the lower hand's fingers are aligned with the heel of the higher hand. But I love that. That switching reps midair is phenomenal. Uh, I love to hit like the plyo reps out of the gate then back off to slower alternating reps as I fatigue. So you get a complete exhaustion of both your fast and slow twitch muscle fibers. Again, another timeless body weight, bodybuilding technique. But you could also apply it to the previous movement where you were doing, you know, close grip, then medium grip, then wide grip, and then you do a staggered left, right, then staggered right, left, and then go right back. So again, you can, so you see how you can take that variation, apply it to the previous one for just, just endless variety. And here's another great one. The tapping push-up. So, such a fun and challenging core and shoulder stability challenge. You tap your hands, then you, you do a perfect push-up. Then you tap your elbows, then your shoulders, hip flexors, glutes. The further you have to reach, the greater the stability demands. You can even move to touching the, uh, the knees or the toes, all right, so what this does, it puts you in a single arm plank for a second or two while you add the touch. So it's, it's again, it's building that shoulder stability. It's helping you get closer and closer and, and just slowly prepping you for the demands of single arm push-up progression. But you can be in this like, again, another great starter finisher. For two or three minutes, you can be in this position. It's a great drill to plug into a full body circuit as a warm-up, a core upper body exercise um, and, and from you know my standpoint too, the, it's just fun. Like it's going to allow you to, to get the work in, and you know, versus let's say just say holding a plank for two or three minutes. That that again, you do need really good breath focus. It, it's not, I'm not, it's not exhilarating, but taking that same two or three minutes and then adding these touches, you stay engaged, you know, and, and it's actually more challenging, and uh, you get a lot of quality work in. And in that same tapping format, like you wanted to make a super, a super set, if you will, or just an incredible combination, you can do these taps all over the place. You can then also mix up your grips if you add a push-up. So again, just the options are endless. And in the intermediate category, you start to see, oh, wow, like there is a lot more than meets the eye to the push-up. All right, so that was our intermediate options. What I'm going to do is I'll come back eventually to maybe 
once a month or I'll get like a month interval here where I'll come in and talk about the advanced and then uh, or the hot category. Then the next level is spicy AF and then Diablo. But I, again, I, I just I thought I'd take the time just to talk about these more than because again, like what part of what I wanted to do with the book is I wanted to make big images, can picture book, um, and I wanted to be as little text as possible for just comprehension and you know again keep the focus on the movements but in talking about this i can tell you a little bit more than you know what's in the book but you got to go get the book on amazon it's a one click to buy kindle or paperback either 10 or 20 dollars based on budget or your, your desire by far more people are choosing the paperback over the kindle and a lot of people are getting both because sometimes it's nice to have a digital reference on your phone or mobile device and then uh you know, ultimately, though, it's just nice to have something in your hands that you can hold and feel and look through. And, um, you know, one thing that's important for building habits, just like I talked about having your pull-up bar. I have a pull-up bar on my office door. The only time I take it off is when I close the door and do these podcast episodes just to keep it as quiet as possible. But uh, having it um, available and accessible with an eyesight is key. So if you have this push-up manual in the physical version, the paperback, you, let's say you're at, at work, you take it to work with you, you just have it there. And you know, you've been sitting for a while, you feel a little cranky in the neck or just tighten the hips or you just want to get some blood flow going. You, you'll see it and like, okay, let me pick one of these movements and do it for a minute or two. Or as the prescribed pro tip. And it just becomes kind of a guide. Um, just to remind you to stay in motion throughout the day. I'm not just saying that because I want you to buy the book. You got to get the book, yes. But this is an important part of, of building good habits. You got to make it easy. You got to have things that kind of remind you to do it. And it's a big part of that as well. So I guess that's pretty much it in this episode, man. Check it out on Amazon, link in show notes. And I got a lot of more great episodes coming your way. We've got some cool guests coming. And... um Hope you enjoyed this author's cut. I'll be back again. We've done level one and episode 207 or the beginner stuff. And this is the intermediate and level two. I'll do the, the remaining three levels to come, but just wanted to come in. And again, I, I you want to grow your chest at home, yeah, but especially when we get mostly men listening to this. I know through my time, I work at men's health, you know, chest and abs are like, that's what men seem to be most interested, especially early on. This is the movement for that. But unlike the bench press, it's less stressful on your shoulders if you follow our progression system, all right? It works more of your full body, especially the abs. And there's unlimited ways of doing it anytime, anywhere. You don't need a spotter. You don't need gym access. You don't need equipment. Now, there's some tools like this that, you know, dumbbells or bands, med ball, kettlebell, you can add to some of these drills. But these are accessible at home, and you don't need to use them. You can just... You can go with just the pure equipment-free options as needed. But hope you enjoyed this episode. A five-star rating and review is much appreciated. Look, I give you close to an hour here. So I feel like it's a fair exchange to ask for a second of your time just to drop that five-star in Spotify or iTunes. All you do is just, you just press it. It's, a, it's one second just to press the five-star. Now, if you want to take the extra time to maybe a full minute, five-star rating, and then give a nice written review, maybe a sentence or two, nothing crazy, that's also greatly appreciated. That's how we can build this this podcast. The more I can build it, the more resources and time I can put into it, the more you'll get out of it. So, you know, whether you want to be or not, you're a partner in this process. 
and your support is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe too so you never miss an episode. Uh, final component here, just sponsors. Athletic Greens, my go-to nutritional supplement, not just a greens powder, a complete multivitamin, 8 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, probiotics for digestive health. It's the best tasting greens option on the planet, in my opinion. I've tried them all, but it also is just like, it's complete. It's, it's the one supplement I take daily. There's times of the year where I'll add some amino acids and I'll switch up my protein powders, but I never stop taking my morning AG1. You can get five free travel packs plus a one-year supply of vitamin D by going through the link in the show notes or athleticgreens.com slash Gador by name, B-J-G-A-D-D-O-U-R. Check out all of my fitness programs at thedailybj.com. I've got 28-day jumpstart programs. I've got 90-day transformation programs. I also have our monthly annual subscription options, whether it's uh, more fat loss focused, Express, which you can also get a free seven-day trial to, and also more muscle gain focus at Gorilla Corn Gains. And obviously, got to get the new book, The Ultimate Push-Up Guide, available as a Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Love you guys. Peace.